With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a match preview in association with Luke Roper. If you use the code TVV20, you will get 20% off pretty much everything on the Luke Roper store, including an extra 20% on sales items, which is always really nice because that really does make the discount massive. So if you want to go and check that out and help the channel out, then go and do that and get yourself some Luke Roper goodies. We are here to preview Aston Villa versus Tottenham Hotspur, which is a 5.30 kickoff tomorrow evening at Villa Park. Bloody 5 I hate a 5.30 kickoff, but there we go. I will still be going. I am joined by Neil Dunworth to talk over this game. And Neil, we've decided that we're absolutely sick to the back teeth of talking about Villa. So I did some research earlier. We're going to talk more about Tottenham instead. But actually, in doing my research, I've become quite worried for the weekend. Uh, Yeah, Uh, there's a couple of things that you sent me earlier on, a couple of statistics that I hadn't quite known about. And uh, the only one that I've been kind of... Uh, relying on over the last couple of days is that uh, Spurs have won 11 of the last 13 meetings against Aston Villa and have scored two goals, two or more goals in every one of those meetings. So um, it's not one that uh, we have traditionally done well in over the last few years. But look, bad bad runs have to turn at some stage, Dan, and maybe, you know, every year Villa get a freak result. Um, and I'm hoping that that can be the, what happens tomorrow at half five. I feel we may have said this very recently that, 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 you know, these things have to change at some point, but yet they never really seem to. I think Manchester United at home is always one that we say that's, that's going to change at some point. At some point, we will beat them at Villa Park, but we never, ever do. I mean, I did the Athletic yesterday with Greg and a complete get. It wasn't a guess. It was just a rough estimate in my head that I thought the last time we'd beaten them was New Year's Day 2008 when Martin Larson scored the winner at Villa Park. So the last time we beat them at Villa Park was New Year's Day. In 2008. That's a very, very long time, Neil, isn't it? Yeah. Um, things that have changed since then. The iPhone was only one year old. 
2008 things off the top. Stephen Gerrard was playing. Stephen Gerrard was playing. Was playing in the Premier League. I don't even think he had, he had moved to the States at that stage. I know he was, he was going well. 21 goals that season. I checked earlier. He was going very very well in in, in 2008. <laughs> Little things like that. Yeah, yeah. Was the Villa view going in 2008 then? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I don't think you know. Back in the day, I used to be a bit of a, a blogger online. I don't think I was even doing that at, at this point. So yeah, this is how long ago it, it was. I mean. Again, I've said it before. It feels like there's all kinds of those records. When every time I look at the game and I go to go to tweet something about the game, there's something that jumps out at me that's really, really bad. It must just be what being a football fan and in particular a Villa fan is like. Tottenham, not a good time to play them anyway because they have come into their best form of the season. Just as we're on another one of those little losing runs that we seem to be very okay with this season. And under Antonio Conte now, you know, he's an unbelievable manager. I don't know what you think of him now, but he's an incredible manager, Antonio Conte. He always gets his teams far and he's a serial winner. He knows exactly what he's doing. And it does feel like him and Spurs, the marriage is a little bit happier than it was a few months ago. Yeah, it's he, he's a massive reason as to why they've turned things around. Um, on our own podcast, I spoke to um, uh, Spurs, um, a Spurs blogger, Spurs YouTuber uh, called Matt Hayes. He's based here in Ireland as well, and matches lives lives and breeds Spurs. And like the first thing, like we, I actually spoke to him when Nuno um was appointed, and we had him on our podcast, and he was actually a bit dejected about the whole thing. He didn't think he was the right man for the job. He certainly didn't like good, good Jose. Call. Yeah, he certainly didn't like Jose Mourinho either. And um, previously, he was very very anti Jose. And then um now the Conte's come in. <laughs> Just cuts a different man, you know, when you when, when you chat to him. But basically, that's what he said. He said the structure that Conte has brought in, um, the guy that's in as the director of football, Petrick. Former you've had got Patrika. Yes, yeah, we'll that now, and that's not going to be right. I'm but just saying, he begins with P. Yeah, exactly. Another Italian guy that begins with P. That's that, that that's down Spurs. Yeah, he's come in, and they seem to have uh, have uh, a bit of simpatico as well from the time that they uh, from their time in in Italy together. I'm not sure if they crossed if they crossed over when he was with uh, with Inter or with uh, Juve, but um, uh, they do have some sort of uh, good working relationship. And you can see that from top to bottom. You know, he seems to have gotten things back on the road again. Harry Kane doesn't look like he's going to go anywhere unless there's a monumental offer comes in for him. And you probably be looking at 150, 200 nearly at this stage for somebody like Harry Kane because they probably don't need to sell him in that aspect. But the biggest thing for me is they've gone out and they've bought two players in the in the January window, two players that have worked for them straight away and have worked really well. Yeah, really hit the ground running both of them, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. I mean, I was going to say that to you. I mean... I'm tired of Villa winning transfer windows and then still being inconsistent. You know, we thought we'd won the January transfer window. You know, signings of Luca Dean and Coutinho was a double. I think we were all very, very happy with that and thought that would improve us. But as it happens, we're still pretty inconsistent and we're still looking at mid-table and that's the way things are at the moment. I'm sure both of those will turn out to be very good players for us. But at the moment, on the whole, we're very inconsistent. The two players that Spurs have signed from Juventus, who obviously the director of football knew before, Benton Kerr and Kulizewski, they have hit the ground running, as you say. I mean, Kulizevsky's got the most assists in the Premier League in, with five since he joined the club. So across the entirety of the Premier League. And Benton Kerr, who we were looking at and didn't really want to pay the extra money, maybe thought we could get him a little bit cheaper and Spurs have come along and, and took him away. You know, they, he settled their midfield down, Benton Kerr. And Kulizevsky's just added something completely different to that, to that front three. He kind of has a bit of a free role on, on the right because their wing-backs push so high. They provide the width. So whoever's playing on the flank, Son and Kulizevska, they can go where they like. And it's damaging teams at the moment. And he, I read in The Athletic earlier, Conte's chaos. 
that's exactly what's happening because I've scored 24 goals in the last eight games now. Yeah, and that's exactly it. That like Son is is a danger in himself. We don't need to spend too much time talking about him. Everybody knows how good he is nah. and, and his partnership. The, the memories of Bjorn Engels. Stop. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But with Kulusevski, he's like if you were to draw a winger, you wouldn't draw him. You know, he's big, he's tall, he's gangly, he's languid, he's probably a striker. Like for if if you if you didn't know, like, and that's where Conte probably is getting the best out of him. If you didn't know him and if you didn't have prior knowledge of him, you probably stick him up top, you know. But they're essentially playing as tens, Son and Kulizewski yeah. now. We do, for, you know, like we play with these tournament tens. I think Carter Spurs are showing showing you how it's done, but they've got the stability behind them because they've got that three that three at the back and they've got oh, the wing backs providing the wi- then, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not for one uh, second saying where you go back to three at the back. <laughs> but it does, you know, for Spurs' system, it's working very well at the moment. And last week as well, we saw Wolves play a very similar system and that caused us problems. Spurs are a better team than Wolves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot to be worried about. Yeah, and and like, look, if you if you look at the, at the look at the way that they're going to set up, um, Spurs probably have the closest thing as well in midfield to in, in central midfield to Arise and Suchek. Obviously, they play a different type, different type of form- formation. They've got two big burly men. Now, they don't sit as deep as Rice and Suchek as Rice and Suchek do, but Bentoncourt and Hoiberg are very similar in the way that they play but they kind of press further up the field as well. So really what happens is like sometimes Spurs only leave three at home and they just kill you. They swarm you up top. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and you mightn't think of that when you think of an Italian team playing and you mightn't think of that, especially when you think of Conte, you think of defend first and not lose games. And actually that was something that Matt, Matt Hayes said. He said it's a, it's a real kind of a paradoxical kind of a setup because you see everybody swarming and pressing up top. But the main mentality of the team is not to lose games. And he said, like, you can see that the team is there not to lose games. And because they go out and set up very, very, um, just to try and consistently win the ball back, when they do, and if teams overcommit, commit, they've got the three guys up front that can just kill you in, in, in a short space of time. He said, it's very difficult to explain it because when you look at it, it looks like something different. But when you look at it in, in instances in the game, it looks like something very different. But when you look at it over 90 minutes, you can see... This team is really set up here not to concede first and foremost. And then they just end up scoring goals out of uh, out of flash breaks because you've got like Sasan, Kane and, and, and uh, Kulusevski up top. Well, they are doing that. Also, I will say, you know, when players have been working under Conte for a certain amount of months, they naturally become fitter because of the training regime. So Spurs now will be doing more really than they've ever done. And that'll be one of the fittest teams in the Premier League just by the nature of Antonio Conte's training methods. But I was reading an article earlier. I've, I've watched some clips and stuff today of of Spurs. It is chaos when they're going forward. So you've said about counter attacks, which is something they're very good at. But also, they're just having a lot of the ball at the, at the moment. They're putting a lot of crosses in. So the crosses have gone up 0.7 to 1.9 from Nuno to Conte per game. So they put their average has gone up massively for crosses. But I'm what I looked at the pictures today of, of how they overload the box, and this is something that really concerns me because I feel like it's going to be something that we're not going to be good at dealing dealing with. So Hoybier quite often gets himself into the box. Romero, you know, he scored against Manchester United the other week. He wasn't up from a set piece and he just stayed there. He made his way forward in the build-up of the attack. So Romero was in the box. Whoever's the wing-back on the opposite side, the ball's being crossed in. They're as high up as you can get. You've then got Son Kane and Kulizewski, not particularly you know, busting a gut to get in the box, but they're all in and around it on the scene. So it's just Spurs at the moment just get so many bodies in the box 
and they're causing this chaos. And I do just feel like that's something we're going to struggle with now. If you think about it, though, Dan, and yes, I agree, but if you think about it, remember when we were going really gung-ho? We were, like, literally just leaving Kanza and Rings back, and, and there was times when Dino was the highest person forward. I think we... Yeah, but then we got ripped. That's what ripped I'm saying. When we do it, they don't. They're two, they're, they're two central midfielders in Bentoncourt and Hoiberg, and the fact that, like, I said this as well in our podcast, Eric Dyer is like a bad smell. They just cannot get rid of him at Tottenham because he always continually plays his way into favour with team managers. He's a he, mm. and what I mean that in a good way, you know. And I know he's the leader, isn't he? He's the leader of that back line. But what he is is he's Mister Conce- Like he never do anything great. He never do anything bad, you know. And that's what it seems to be. But he's gonna he, he's gonna line up at the, in the centre of that defence, and he's not gonna mm. like he's not gonna do anything massive. You're going to have Ben Davis probably one side of him and Romero the other side of him. No, well, he's very consistent as well. He's been very stable at left centre back. Ben Davis, I know he's played there for Wild, but for Spurs, he's always been a, an orthodox left back. But playing as a left centre back, Ben Davis, he's been very consistent since Conte's come in. Arguably one of the most consistent players. Yeah, and that's it. And that's where that's where Villas always seem to fall down. Is it's it always seems to be a lack of consistency. Now, once again, they can be going back to when you mentioned about Conte's chaos and stuff like that. You can create as much chaos as you want when you've got two big, massive tree trunks of men in the middle of midfield in, in Bentoncourt and, and Hoiberg. And we just don't have that physicality or we don't have that. Um, you know, that physicality goes a long way to be able to, to try and cut out balls, to be able to, um, you know, muscle people off the ball and stuff like that. Whereas we have Endeavour, you know, that's what our guys really do in middle of midfield. They're fast, they're nimble, they can get in around players. They pressure teams as opposed to put in tackles. As we said after the Wolves game, Sanson put in 26 pressures, but how many of them were actually successful? How many of them led to dispossession? How many led to led to a misplaced pass? It's, it, it's all well and good, but you, you need to have somebody who'll just basically sometimes just, just throw their hip in against somebody and knock him off the ball fairly and win it. And we don't really have that as well. So when you have all these people flooding forward and you keep three at the back, three people, who, and, uh, two of who can play the ball, um, and have Bentoncourt and Hoiberg in front of him, you know, it makes it does make it an awful lot easier. It just goes to highlight that uh, there is work to be done in midfield, really, for Aston Villa. You know, when you look at yeah, these templates, and, teams, I, I, and I know, I know, but it, it looks that like if we didn't sign anyone else this this off season other than two strapping midfielders, I think you'd nearly have to be happy in that aspect. I think you'd nearly. Have I think I take it. I take it at the moment if I was offered that. I think. I think I would take it. There's not many other areas I think that need massive improvement. But if we could get the midfield right, we'd absolutely fire, wouldn't we? I was, as I said, I've been looking at Spurs and reading about Spurs today. And looking back at the Newcastle game, Harry Kane, we know he loves to drop deep for Spurs. And to be honest, his passing range at the moment is an absolute joke. Harry Kane, the way he's worked on his game over the years, it's an underrated facet of him. He's the hard work he puts into home, different things in his game. Because he's, he's the complete forward, Harry Kane. Mm. He can do everything. Dan Byrne, Newcastle have been relatively solid as well. But Dan Byrne let himself follow Kane round and it just caused holes all over the place. And my concern is, is that if Ming starts doing that, that's going to cause us problems as well. Because Harry Kane almost at times can be a bit of a decoy because he's dropping deep. But then you've got the players that I said earlier that you don't expect to be popping up in the box. Doherty, you know, Hoiberg, sometimes Romero. People coming in from nowhere and you're worried about Harry Kane, but there's other people piling into the box. So it's important you don't get distracted by Kane and you keep your shape, you keep your system. I'm pretty worried about this game. The more we're talking about it as well, I'm really, really concerned now. Um, Harry Kane is amazing. Harry Kane is great. Um, But, yeah. 
Uh, the bit, look, uh, yeah, I'm just going to come out and I'm going to say it. Like, whenever Tyrone Mings goes one for one with, with a striker, as in there are certain strikers that have his number and sometimes he tries to take them on up front, the man on man and, and the train, um, almost outplay them for the game. You know, there's a couple of strikers there that, 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 that I, can't, I can't think of off the top of my head, but we've referenced it before. And Harry Kane is one of those. And Harry Kane always gets the better of, of centre halves, no matter who you are. Um, that's just what he does. You know, he's except when he's playing under Nuna. <laughs> but but even yeah, but I don't think he. I don't think his head was stay, in staying at the club at that no. stage. I don't think he could see a future for the club. Never mind himself. But um, like even his little thing about when he backs in when, when players try and head the ball over him and he wins freeze. You know, so he's he's very intelligent. That penalty he won against us. Um, was it Matty Cash gave away the penalty? Yeah. Uh, like yeah. things like that. Like his dark arts are absolutely fantastic. They go along with the great goals he can score. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm of the same opinion as you. And like we were talking about three at the back there and we were having a joke about it, but like I'm, and I know it's not gonna be played tomorrow, but it's not something that we can totally rule out again that we can go for. But you know, if we were to maybe start somebody like a Callum Chambers in midfield, and if he was to drop back and stand on the toes of Harry Kane tomorrow. Um, I think I'd feel a small bit more comfortable in that aspect it, to sacrifice. It won't it, it's not going to happen. No, it's it's, it's nah. not going to happen. Um, I don't even think we've seen the canvas start tomorrow. I think our midfield is going to be. Mm, I, I think he will start. Midfield. I think yeah. he will start. Yeah, I I've got know. a feeling. I know Jared I said today that there's going to be changes when he in his press conference, but he said that before and he's made one change. Say, last time he said there was changes after Newcastle, we didn't change anyone. Mm. We went out for the same time. Well, what, what are we going to do then? What would, what would you do? Or what would we do? I guess is the question here. I think Nakamba plays. I think he's a fit lad naturally. I think he'll come straight into that team, especially against Tottenham. We, we need him. Even if he's at 78%, I think he's probably the best option at defensive midfield at the moment. And I never thought I would hear myself saying that earlier on in the season because I was never his, his biggest fan. But under Gerrard, he was very, very good. Gerrard said that himself. He was a massive part of, the, of Steven Gerrard's strong start at Aston Villa. So I think I think he potentially plays. And then I guess it would be Ramsey and McGinn in front of him with Louise dropping dropping to the bench. Although he could take Ramsey out for a couple of games and play Louise in the position he wants to play in as an eight. That's that's what I would... I think I would do that tomorrow. Not because I don't like Jacob Ramsey. Don't get me wrong or anything like that, but... I'd nearly even go so far as to play, yeah, I think two sixes and an eight. If, like, it, as I've said before, if you don't have one central mid- defensive midfielder there, try and play two and see if that works. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's where we're at at the moment to try and stop the bleeding. Tomorrow, for me, I talked about Conte having an attitude of a must not lose or, or, or try not to lose games as opposed to anything else. I think if you are going to start in the camera, put Louise alongside him, play him again in front of him, play Coutinho in front of, in front of him again, and you know, see if you can create space that way. I wouldn't like to be John McGinn if that's the situation because John McGinn is going to have a hell of a lot of work to do, but I'd prefer to shield our back two, our our back four with the two, with the two men in in, in front. Um, It's not a massive tweak. It sounds like it's a a way bigger tweak than, than, uh, than it actually is. But, and people may not agree because look, they people, I don't know, even know if Louise is a six, but I've never seen Louise play with two sixes there. So maybe maybe he becomes freer. Maybe if he's only patrolling one side of the field, he doesn't get cut out of position as much. Maybe if we have that double pivot there, maybe he isn't trying to overexert himself by trying to get back in between the two centre halves and then having that extra area to 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 cover. It's it's I'll be honest. It's tomorrow's okay for experimentation for me for things like that because we're here talking about we're not really expecting to win tomorrow, and 
Well, let's not at the moment, no. No, and let's just say we go out and we scrape a one-all draw or something, and we try something different. I'm not saying that we do that in the next game, but we start to kind of need to look for plan B. We don't have a plan B. We didn't have a plan B under Dean Smith. We don't have a plan B under, under Stephen Jarrett. Um, so we need to find a plan B at some stage. And uh, well, that means we're going to need to experiment at some stage. So I think I'll be all for tomorrow. It also lessens the load on the Canva of having to cover all that area just coming back from a pretty nasty injury too. If you play two sixes yeah. in there, I'd probably get sacked for it if I did it in the morning. But uh, it's it, there's a logic behind it that uh, that I think they should explore. But we'll see tomorrow. I'm gonna completely piss on everything you just said because I don't think you I don't think you'll do that. Oh no, he I won't do think, it. He won't no, do no, it. I think with Gerard, I think. The goalkeeper, the four, and the three. That's set in stone. That's always happening. It's what you do ahead of that. So it's whether you play with Coutinho in the hole and play two at front, or whether you play with the two tens and it's Buendia and Coutinho off either Ings or probably Watkins on, on this occasion. You know, when Campbell was playing earlier in the season, there was actually quite a lot of games where Ramsey played. Well, I say quite a lot. There's probably two or three. Ramsey played as a 10, didn't they? Yeah, I think I feel like Buendia... Then we did that. We did this against Arsenal, put Buendia and Coutinho behind Watkins. Didn't have a great day. So is it two up front, just on Arsenal Spurs, similar sides? Is it back to two up front and see what happens with Coutinho playing off two strikers again? Yeah, I'm definitely going with two up front. Because, as you say there, if you're to keep them honest and to keep their chaos under any type of control, you're going to need to have Ali Watkins up there and you're going to need to have, and I know he hasn't really been a fox in the box like we expected him to be, the Danny Ings type. He scored seven goals, all right, but... I would have expected. But he hasn't missed loads of chances. No, that's you know, when he's had thing. a chance, he's tucked it away. That's the thing, and I want to keep him up there. I've no problem. I've no problem going route one in this game. If we keep the two guys up there, play them on the show, play them either side of Eric Dyer. I said Eric Dyer is Mister Steady Eddie. Make him force him into a mistake and try and get a scrappy goal, um, and then try and hang on for dear life. Uh, that that's actually a good point, David. I, you know, when I talk about experimentation, I know it's, it's not going. It's not going to happen. happen. But you know, maybe there is an ex- experiment to be played there of maybe drop McGinn or maybe play McGinn as a number as a 10 and drop Watkins and play Ings up front with Coutinho McGinn behind and then Nakamba Louise and Ramsey or Nakamba Louise and Santan in there like there has we've, we've enough players there has to be a formation or there has to be a, um, a kind of a, there has to be a setup that we play that will get a better tune out of our formation than we're actually doing at the moment there just has to be because all those players in their individual right are Premier League players and are Mid-table to top half Premier League players. I, I genuinely believe that. And you can you can say I'm probably mad about the likes of Luis and the Camba, but I think no, I think no, if I, they, I think if they go up for sale in the morning, I think a lot of Premier League teams will want to purchase every single one of those. So there has to be some combination that we can find. Not sure about that after. second bit. Not sure about the second part. But well, yeah, anyway. Well, if they go up for I, sale, the Premier League players would like to buy. I don't them. think there'd be a lot of Premier League teams queuing up for uh for Nakamba, if I'm being honest. Mm, maybe not. He's an honest player, Nakamba. I like, I like what he does, but you know, for you to improve, I think over the next two or three years, he needs you'd have him as a squad player. At the moment, I think he's an out on starter when he's fit. The thing I'm absolutely clinging on to with McGinn, and I've been clinging on to it for a while because he hasn't been at it. He's not. We've not seen the best of John McGinn this season. I mean, we've probably, with the exception of Cash and Ramsey, we haven't really seen the best of anyone consistently this season. But I'm clinging on to the fact that when Gerard came and Nakamba was playing, that was the best of John McGinn when he had Nakamba behind him and he felt like he could come forward a little bit more and affect games a little bit more. I was at the Palace away game. He was brilliant. Leicester at home was one of the best games I've ever seen him have in a Villa shirt. It was a really good display from John McGinn. So I'm just hoping that Nakamba coming back will enlighten John McGinn a little bit because he's not himself. He's not the John McGinn that, that I remember. 
I feel like I pick on him and I don't mean to. I've said this on other podcasts that I just I hold him to such high esteem. I know he's such a good player. That even when he's okay or has good games, I still think you're better than that. You, you've got you've got another level and I'm, and I'm not seeing it. And I'm just praying that Nakamba coming back into the tail end of the season will see something a little bit extra from John McGinn because I know there's more there. Yeah, he's... Like as I say, once again, something has to happen in midfield. And if the camera coming in gives people that confidence because they know he's not going to want to rove forward or he's not going to like, it's just not in his nature to get the ball and to want to try and beat two or three players in the middle of midfield, fall, lose the ball, and then for us to have a counter-attack against us. Yeah, mm. he mightn't be the most silky skilled person in the whole entire world, but, um, you know, it's it's it, they're pivotal players. Like like the type of player, the player that just wants to be combative and wins the, win the ball back, is a, it's a pivotal type of player. And, you know, deep down in their heart and soul, Douglas Louise has been doing that role for the last four years for Aston Villa. But is he comfortable doing it? I, I don't think he is. And he, we've, we've given him four years to try to do that. And I think we're probably doing him an, unjust, an injustice by continuing to play him at six, even though he's taken one for the team because he's the only one that has any scintilla of, of, of kind of experience there. But I'd like to see him in an eight role. And if that means, as you say, bringing in the Kamba in there or bringing in Luis, just making, allowing him to go further forward. Remember when he came in? It's a long distant time ago against Bournemouth and he smashes one in the top corner and we lose 2-1. Um, but like, uh, we've not seen anything even remotely related to that from him since. Um, you know, so I think it I think it opens up more than just McGinn is what I'm trying to say here. When we have Nakamba yeah, in there. Sure. Some, somebody that, that, that does that. And, uh, you know, maybe it gives us an opportunity to play more of a diamond in midfield. I, I don't know. I don't know. But as you say, the three, the three across the middle seem to be a staple of Stephen Jarrett. And uh, uh, there has to be some combination that works there because at the moment we're, we're just not seeing it. And it's, it's a bit of a shame. I'll go as far as to say with Louise, he played like left-hand side number eight against Man City at Villa Park. He was brilliant. He was, that was one of the best individual performances yeah. I've seen this season from a Villa player. I thought he was absolutely sensational. And then I went home and looked at the stats after the game and the stats backed it up. So, you know, he can play there and he can be an effective player, Louise. It's probably something that he's worth looking at towards the end of the season. We should probably wrap it up there because I know you've got to go out, Neil. But before we do, give me a prediction. One all. Why not? One all. Stem the bleeding. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be negative Nella. I think we're going to lose 2 0. I know I don't really often predict us to lose. So yeah, I, I just I don't see it tomorrow, unfortunately. But hopefully I'm very, very wrong and I will enjoy my trip to Villa Park tomorrow at tea time. There'll be a tea time team sheet tantrum tomorrow as well, won't yes. there, Neil? Because you'll be yeah. you'll be doing that before kickoff. The team will be announced, so you'll be discussing. Is it you and Padder? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I am me again. I feel like I, I'm going to have to be dragged out of the Villa View in handcuffs at one of these per, days. Per, permanent deal. We, we, we're, we'll activate the clause in the in the summer lock, Catania, and we'll turn we'll turn it into a permanent deal now. But yeah, thanks ever so much for doing that, and thanks ever so much for joining me today. Enjoyed that. Good chat. I enjoyed that. Hopefully, the people that have viewed it have found it interesting. In, I can't even talk. I found it interesting and watchable as well. Watch out for the team sheet tantrum tomorrow. And also, we'll have a post match point in the days after the game as well. If we win, it'll probably be a little bit sooner. If we lose, we'll leave it for a few days. As always, let tempers calm down. Have a good Friday evening and have a good lead up to the game tomorrow as well. And as always, up the villa. Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.